What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Hardworking Happy Hour podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Catherine. And as always, we will be breaking down all things trades, entrepreneurship, and turning your creativity into a passion career. Oh, yeah. And this week, we have a very, very good topic that we're going to talk about. Yes. A little bit more more serious, but, you know, I think we're going to be a little bit light about it. We're, we're talking about yeah. mental health. Important topic. Very important. It is very important. And if we make jokes, that doesn't mean we don't think it's a serious topic. Yeah, that's just how just we br- cope with our own <laughs> mental health issues. Exactly. We're bringing levity do. to a serious issue. Yes. So um, <laughs> mental health is something that is being talked about a lot across, you know, just across the world right now. I mean, yeah. the pandemic, uh, just everything that's going on. People are... People are freaking out. It's been a rough couple of years. <laughs> it's been a rough couple of years. The board. I mean, you're starting to see it in professional football. People are, you know, yeah. going out with anxiety and, and all this kind of stuff. So there's starting to be a little bit more light shed on this serious issue, but I think more needs to be done to destigmatize it. Yeah. Absolutely. And to just normalize it because it is super normal. And I think once you realize how many other people have the same issues, it makes you feel a little bit better about it. Yeah. I know it did with me. Absolutely. You, it's super you don't common. Feel like, you're, you're like you're, you know, dealing with this by yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, before we jump into the serious <laughs> yeah. talk, let's, yep. let's talk about what we're drinking. Yeah. So this week, I whipped up some very complicated uh, Red Bull and vodkas. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. We were feeling a little bit... Low energy. It was yep. a cold, snowy day here in New Jersey, so yep. we were just a little low energy. So I thought we'd perk up with some Red Bull. Yeah, why and not? Also vodka. Yeah, and also talk about mental health. Yeah. So, I guess it's it's a good time of year to be talking about this because a lot of people deal with it in the winter time. That's true. You That's know, a good you're point. not going outside as much. Yeah, we're outside a good amount because we're still working in this, but you know. It's just dreary. It's cold. It's like depressing. Yeah. It's hard to want to like get up and get out of your house. Yeah, exactly. So um, let's jump into it. Yeah. Mental health. A serious, serious issue. And uh, we're going to I'm going to I'm going to tell my story of my journey through mental health because I've had I've had my obstacles. Yeah. That I've had to hurdle over. Yeah. Sometimes I trip on the hurdle. I fall down. (laughs) But then I get back up again. Yes. And that's what it's about. <laughs> so I guess you want me to. Yeah, go ahead. You want me to start? Start. Are you comfortable with starting? I'm comfortable with starting. All yeah. Right, go ahead. I'm very, I'm very comfortable with my mental health journey. So I have a lot of anxiety. It's been an issue with me for probably like four or five years now. And before that, I never. I didn't know what anxiety was. I thought that just meant like you're worried and you know, you are stressed out. But then I had a panic attack, like a full blown panic attack. And at the time I was training for a marathon. So that morning I ran 13 miles. I also drank like a, like a cold brew coffee. So I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm just freaking out. Just because I had too much caffeine, I'm probably dehydrated. Mm -hmm. But then when I woke up the next morning, I was still like, it didn't go away. 
I had this like feeling of panic and that was when I was like, oh geez, I think my brain is broken and I will never be the same. Mm-hmm. And that went on for a while. Like, cause I, it was so weird cause I'd never felt that feeling of panic or anxiety in my entire life. And then just one day it just like came out and it was like, oh my God. And I started dealing with it for probably like really, really bad for, I would say almost a year, like daily panic attacks, just like, oh wow, like I'm going to die. Like, yeah. I can't Why don't you talk breathe. about like how, yeah, how it manifested in your body, like what it felt yeah. like. So maybe just cause I'm not super in touch with my uh, emotions or anything like that. I never like knew what was triggering it. It wasn't like a like something was happening and I was responding to a stressful situation. It would just be, I'm driving down the road and oh my God, I'm going to die right now. My heart is like beating out of my chest. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can't breathe. I feel like, like my throat is going to close up and it was all like very physical symptoms. So it was like super scary. Yeah. Crazy scary. Yeah. So sure. after that started, I went to the doctor obviously. And I was like, all right, I really hope there's something like simple that's wrong with me. They always check your thyroid first. Yeah. I'm like, please (laughs) have a messed up thyroid so we can get this figured out. (laughs) So it's not just my messed up brain. Yeah. Thyroid was fine. (laughs) Everything was completely fine. And that's when they dropped it on me that this is just anxiety and you got to, it's like an elusive terror. Yeah. I think that happens a lot to people where they like, they're having a panic attack and they think that they're actually having a heart attack. So they go to the hospital like yep. thinking they are having a heart attack. But then the doctor's just like, no, yeah, it's a panic attack. And there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is, there are some things that you can do about it, which we will get into. But so yeah. I think what led to all that kind of stuff was, at least for me, was just the, the buildup of stress and responsibility of, owning a business and owning a house and all these like new things at that age about five years ago where like everything got super serious in life. I had all these real responsibilities and I think eventually, you know, you're just like, keep going, keep grinding it out. Eventually that Mm -hmm. catches up to you. Yeah. And I think that's what happened with me. And it was, it was crazy. Cause like once it came out, it was just like, all right, this is, this is, we're going to ride this out. Yeah. And it lasted probably a good year before I got it like really under control. And it was just, it was crazy. It was a crazy time. And one of the, one of the worst things about it, I didn't really like know, especially initially, like I'd never felt it. So I'd never talked to anybody about it. And like, Mm -hmm. I thought it was only happening to me. And then the more and more people I talked to about it, it was like, oh, yeah, I have panic attacks all the time. It just, you know, it didn't feel good knowing that other people were having the same <laughs> thing, but it felt good. Like, this is super, super common. Everybody's got it. Yeah. Either anxiety or depression or, you know, some sort of mental health issue that they're dealing with. But it's just something that's not talked about. And I think for me, just hearing that other people are going through it was really helpful to me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's like, I, I think when it's like mental health stuff, it's just so, 
like you said, you go to the doctor and they're like, well, nothing's like really wrong with you. It's just kind of something not something misfiring in your brain. So it's like this invisible thing that you can't really like pinpoint. So you do feel like you're alone. You're like, okay, well, you know, I didn't break my leg. I broke (laughs) my brain somehow. How do I, you know, fix it? How do I identify this thing? Yeah. So it is, it's, it's very, you feel alone for sure. Yeah. So that was, that was like kind of my, and it's still something that I deal with to this day. And one thing that, that I heard was, um, depression is living in the past and anxiety is living in the future. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, so caught up with what's next. What are we going to do next? How do we get to this next level? What is the next thing that we're going to add to our plate? So in that sense, anxiety is a perfect fit for me because I am really not super present in the moment a lot of times. And that's probably also because of my ADHD and I'm just so distracted all the time, (laughs) but I'm always like just thinking in the future and that can just like build up that feeling of anxiety. Mm -hmm. And eventually you, you ignore that feeling long, long enough. It'll boil over full-blown panic attack your body's like i think that's your body's way of saying like you need to chill out yeah you're super stressed and you don't even know it yeah so we're gonna freak you out by (laughs) we're gonna make you process this by thinking you're having a heart attack or whatever (laughs) so that's that's kind of the introduction into my mental health issues (laughs) i don't know if if you want to share anything about yeah um you got to, you know, never force anybody to talk about their mental health issues. <laughs> no, but it's okay to talk about them. Yeah. Not force people, but talk Not about them. People. No, I I was like an anxious kid, so I think that it was always something that I dealt with. But when we were growing up, it wasn't in the age of like Google your symptoms and figure out what's wrong with you. So I just thought I was going crazy. Like I was <laughs> I was just a, like an anxious kid and my brain was like constantly going to the worst case scenario. I think like the earliest like memory I have of anxiety was I was probably like 13 or 14 and I was babysitting children and I was literally next door to the house that I grew up in with my parents, like right next door, like 50 yards away. And I was just, my brain was just circling with all of these terrible things that was going to, that could happen to these kids. And it just made me so like, like upset and nauseous that I had to go home. Like I had to call the parents (laughs) and like they had to come back and, and I had to leave because I was like, I've like <laughs> physically made myself ill by worrying. Yeah. Um. So I was just an anxious kid from the beginning. But then in high school, it got a lot worse. And then I moved around a lot and I would put myself in very stressful situations. And then it would like manifest that way. Like I would, I, in my life, I just randomly moved to Alabama all by myself. So I was already an anxious person. And then I put myself in like a super anxious situation. And then it just kind of manifested in like meltdowns where I like panic attacks where I was just yeah. like, I can't handle this. Yeah. And then, um, I don't think that I have depression, but I've definitely gone through points in my life where like I couldn't handle things like yeah, two little, two week little stints. Like I remember when I, when I moved back from California, I was ending a relationship and really like throwing my life for a loop. And I was just like, it just felt like something shut down in my brain. It was just like, my brain went to sleep and I just couldn't, I had no motivation to do anything, which is very unlike me. So, you know, I've dabbled in mental illness here and there, I would say. I think everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think 
I mean, we can talk about therapy in a little bit, but like, yeah. I think that's what really helped, helped me focus and yeah. kind of realize what was wrong with me. Yeah, I think so. That was one of the things that I like. I went to the doctor. They they tried a bunch of different things, you know, a bunch of different tests, and they're like, everything's completely fine. And I'm like, no, it's not. Everything is not okay. This is not normal. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, you know, you should uh, try talking to a therapist. And I was like, okay. And obviously, my wife is a therapist, so she was like, yeah, you should definitely do that. And it really helped me a lot because I just like, I can't even, I can't even like think about emotion. Like I don't know how to process emotions like at all. So I'm not even aware of what I'm feeling. Like when I'm having a panic attack, I'm just, to me, it was like, there's nothing causing this. Mm -hmm. There's no like source of this. It's just completely random. And then, you know, you go to a therapist and they start breaking it down and you realize there are these triggers that are happening. It might Mm -hmm. not be something right in that moment, but it's something that's going on in your life that you're not dealing with or you're not addressing. So it definitely helped me out. Um, and I still, I still see a therapist. Yeah, me too. And I think it's pretty cool. I think everybody should see a therapist, whether yeah. you're, you feel like things are going great or you feel like things are going terribly. Like, it's just yeah. so helpful to talk to somebody else. Yeah. And like right now, I feel like I've got a lot of a lot of those issues are under control for me now. Mm-hmm. But I started seeing a therapist again because it's just it's just nice to have somebody that is just there to listen to you for an hour. Yeah. 45 minutes because. I'm just not the type of person to to talk about any of that. Like I'll just kind of ignore it, stuff it down, and that was what led to this outburst of panic attacks. So yeah. I think it's kind of like a maintenance thing. Like you just kind of like check in with them. I'll see her maybe twice a month or, you know, once a month and just check in and, you know, makes me feel a little better. Yeah. I think it's it keeps me uh, away from like those panic attacks and the feelings of extreme anxiety, which sometimes, you know, can start to feel like they're coming back when work gets really stressful or just the balance of work and home life and raising a kid and, you know, having a, a relationship with my wife separate from raising a kid plus work stuff. It's just... Yeah. There's so much going on in life that I think it's just for me, it's good like maintenance to keep me in a good place where it doesn't manifest as panic attacks. Yeah. And it's also kind of nice. It's like, it's kind of clinical. It feels like you're talking to a doctor. So like you have a personal relationship with this therapist so they get to know you and know what's going on. But it's also like a third party where you're not just going to see them all the time. So I'm sure people might have just heard you say your wife is a therapist, but you're not seeing her. Like that's not how it works so it's it's nice to have like a third party person who gives you kind of unbiased unbiased feedback in situations and then you can translate that into your the rest of your life to help you in all all sorts of areas yeah and they're unbiased but you know that they're in a way on your side you know they're not they're not just gonna like agree with everything that you say they're gonna maybe challenge you and and stuff like that but you know you know that they don't 
have ulterior motives. It's not a family member. It's not. So even if you are really close with family members or close friends that you can talk to about these things, I still think it's good to talk to a professional because they are just completely unbiased. Mm -hmm. They're on your side. They have no ulterior motives and there's no other things, you know, surrounding a relationship that complicates the relationship that you have with a therapist. Yeah. And I think they, they, what I always felt was great was they also have no like preconceived notions of who you were. Yeah. So like, if you're like, okay, I'm at a point where I need therapy, I need help. I need, you know, I got all these things I want to talk about. You are presenting those things to that person. And that's the picture that they have of you. They're not like thinking like, Oh, I know, you know, I've known this person for 10 years. She's not going to do anything about that. You know? And like yeah. putting that on, putting that <laughs> negative yeah. connotation on you where people can have that when they talk to their, like spouse or friends that they've yeah. known forever where not that your friends and your wife wouldn't be your like cheerleaders in life. Yeah. But it's kind of nice to have that person to help you in an unbiased way. Definitely. Whereas the other person might, you know, your wife might be like, I know, you know, yeah. they've wanted to change for 20 years and they've never done it, but yeah, it's just, there's like more of a, a complicated relationship with anybody that you, you know, is either a spouse or a friend or a family member where, you know, that relationship can get complicated where it just, it just doesn't feel the same talking to them about certain things. Whereas a therapist, you're going to them just to, to talk to them. And, and then they provide like really good insight, especially for me. They're like, you know, they kind of make these connections that you don't realize. Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, you know what? That actually makes total sense. I am always worried about this one thing that I never even thought about. Yeah. Or I didn't think I was thinking about, but it's always going on in my brain. <laughs> so you become more mindful of those things and yeah. it helps you to like, you know, almost like talk to yourself like, oh, I'm doing that thing again where I'm super worried about what's going to happen six months from now. And I'm not just, you know, everything usually ends up working out great. There's no, no need to be super worried about something six months down the road or whatever. Yeah, you know, it helps you to kind of like catch yourself in that thought process and re like reel it back in. Yeah. So how would you say like I know as a woman, I feel like it's becoming so much more prevalent with women talking about mental health. But how do you feel about like men men with mental health? Do you feel like that's coming along do you still feel uncomfortable talking about mental health especially to other men um you know i don't feel uncomfortable about it at all mm -hmm. like i'm not just gonna like bring it up randomly like hey nice to meet you dude do you freak out sometimes too <laughs> that might be a little weird but right like i'm super comfortable talking about like my the issues that i've had and I think in general, it is getting talked about more. Mm -hmm. The place I see it is is in professional sports. That would be a place where n nobody would ever, you know, come out and say, I need to, to take a break from football because I have anxiety. Like in the 90s, that would, you know, that would end somebody's career. They would be like, this person's mentally weak. They'll never make it. Now it's it's like, okay, this person's having an issue. Let's get him some help mm -hmm. and deal with it. And then they come back and, and they're fine. 
So you start to see stuff like that, and I think that is just really good because so many people have these same issues. Mm-hmm. But when you see somebody that's really high profile, that's kind of normalizing it, it makes you feel like, you know, you could be in a place where you could reach out to a therapist or just tell somebody in your family or a friend like, hey, I'm having a rough time right now. I'm not feeling right. I need to do something. I don't know what to do. But just like seeking help, I think it's breaking down that barrier a little bit. There's still a lot of work to be done to just destigmatize it. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like, I mean, I never really cared about what people thought about me. So, hey, I had horrible panic attacks. I still have anxiety a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm completely comfortable talking with it. But I think for a lot of people, they don't feel that way. You know, they feel like they need to just tough it out, grit yeah. their teeth and like get through it. Yeah. Which is not always the best way. No, it is never the right way, I would say. Don't most of the don't grit your yeah. teeth and yeah. get help. Yeah. But yeah, I think that I've seen like professionally speaking, especially in male dominated spaces like the trades or any other industry that's male dominated, it just yeah. there seems to have that there seems to be that um kind of macho yeah take on it where it's just like it's just like you're weak yeah. if you, you know, if you have anxiety or you're sad. Yeah. Or like when you were talking about the athletes, I can't remember who it was, but there was a gymnast who stopped during the Olympics. I think, it, wasn't it Simone Biles? Yes, Simone Biles. Yeah. Um, and it, th- for the most part, I would say that mo- most people seem to be like congratulating her and being like, that's great for you to take yeah. that time. But there was still that section of people that were like, what a disgrace. This is, you know, you've, you've earned this spot and now you're, yeah. you're a failure cause you, but if she had broken her leg or if some yeah. other health issue arose, they'd be like, Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Yeah. So yeah, it's weird how it's looked at so differently because it's still, you know, even though it's a mental issue that you're going through, like it's still something with your brain, which is a physical thing. Yeah. It's still a physical thing at some capacity that's happening to make you feel like you're freaking out. And, and when you're feeling like that, like you can't perform at like an Olympic level or, yeah. you know, so I totally understand that. And I've seen it with basketball players, mm-hmm. like I said, football players. So it is getting to a point where it's being talked about more. There's more, uh, stuff around mental health awareness and uh, just more people talking about it. But I think the trades and that like macho mentality is, is still prevalent. And especially for people that are maybe a little bit older, it's even harder for them. Yes. I think our generation is, is just more open about it. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to talk about, especially if you've been through it and you, and you can kind of relate to it. But I think there's there's definitely some more work to be done in that area. Yeah. It does seem like you're right, though, with the generations. It, do, it does seem like it's becoming more normalized for people to talk about it or yeah. to seek out therapy. Yeah. But it's interesting. Like, I wonder if all of the technology and social media, like it's it's more talked about because more people have the issues now because of all this technology and we're also connected and you know, it's just, there's no like 
people just staying in the moment. Nobody reads. They just like scroll. Do you think that technology and the internet play a part in how many people have anxiety and depression these days? Um, I don't. I think that it's no. just like you said, it's like a horrible feeling to feel like you're alone and people don't have to feel like they're alone anymore. And if you Google your symptoms, you're going to know that you're having you're having anxiety and you can reach out to people who also have that same thing. Yeah. Like when I was first going through anxiety, I felt like so alone and I was so scared that I was just going crazy. I was like, okay, I can't talk to anybody. I can't tell anybody what yeah. it is. So I think that our generation was just more quiet about it and more private about it. And I think the younger generation yeah. is just more, and I mean, maybe there is an aspect of like comparing yourself to people and then maybe that leading to depression or because you're, you know, constantly comparing yourself to what you think is perfection on the internet. Yeah. So maybe in that way for sure. But I just think it's, I think that people just have more access to knowledge now. So they just kind of are able to more readily identify it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's true as well. Like, I mean, you can kind of go two ways with looking up your symptoms. Cause if I looked up my symptoms, it would be like, you're having a heart attack, <laughs> maybe right. like heart failure or, just generally you're going to die. Like you can go down a rabbit hole on WebMD thinking yeah. you have all kinds of stuff. But then you go to the doctor and they're like, nope, you're completely fine. It's just your brain is a little bit broken. And, <laughs> you know, you can try out all these things. So mm -hmm. the solution isn't going to be the same for any two people. You know, everybody, there's a lot of different things that you can try. So maybe we should get into some other things that can maybe help take that edge off if you're I know I, I started doing a lot of different things in my life to just calm myself down generally. Yeah. Kind of be more present in the moment or at least try to be. Yes, definitely. So I agree. I've, there's certain things that I have done too. And I think that probably the most helpful would be meditation. Yeah. I think even even before I realized what meditation was and I would be having like panic attacks, I would just try to like slow myself down and I would repeat to myself like in this moment I am fine in this moment I am yeah. fine and I didn't really realize at the time but that was I was meditating yeah but how do you meditate I know you're big on meditation yeah I've gone so I started like once I figured out that there was nothing quote-unquote physically wrong with me I went on the internet and it was like you know, the best thing for anxiety and panic attacks is meditation. So I was like, all right, I'm going to just completely go headfirst into meditation and I'm going to cure this thing by meditating. So in the first, I, I've really, I really jumped like really into it hard. So like mm -hmm. I was some days meditating for like an hour at a time. And that is wild to me. I think now I'm up to like almost 300 hours of meditation time because I track it on this app, which, which was really helpful. It's called the mm -hmm. calm app and that really helped me. And mm -hmm. it, it didn't, it didn't do what I thought it was going to do. Like cure me and turn me into this like perfectly peaceful person that doesn't have any anxiety, but it kind of gave me tools to deal with it in the moment. Yeah. Like for me, my, my symptoms were like shortness of breath. Like I couldn't breathe and, my heart was like beating out of my chest. And so in those moments I could be more present and then do things like breathing exercises to just slow down. 
breathe and then you know eventually those feelings pass mm-hmm. but really the you know you're more mindful of it in the earlier stages before it becomes like a full-blown panic attack so you can kind of work through it yeah and also so it kind of works in both ways it helps you recognize it sooner and gives you that breathing tool to work through it so it doesn't escalate yeah and i think once you feel that like sense of calmness in your life and you can you know what meditation feels like for me it was always helpful if i if i did get to a point where i was like overstimulated or if it, if i was at work and like something was making me really angry and i was like yeah i was getting all frustrated i was like okay i am way overstimulated i know that i need to just like go take a breather yeah. and like that's yeah. what like it really helped in that way just kind of being able to remind myself like okay we need to go take yeah. a breath it's fine everything's fine yeah and that's something that I've kind of gone in and out of. I go through stints where I'll do it every day for, I think my longest streak was almost like 300 days, but I've fallen out of it recently. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my New Year's resolutions to get back into meditation. Yeah. Because it's really helpful to me. It helps it with those feelings of anxiety. It also helps me with like that ADHD feeling that I always have of I'm, I'm so distracted. It's really hard to get me to focus on anything. So yeah, it's just really helpful in all facets of, of my life. So it's a really good tool to use if you're having those feelings of anxiety. Yeah. I think, you know, you should see a doctor first. You should, you know, go through all those steps. But yeah, if you're at a point where you're, you're stable enough to try that, it's a good, it's a good tool to add to your toolbox. Yeah. And people might be listening to us right now talking about meditation and thinking like, oh, these like hippie dippy yeah. woo woo, whatever, new agey yeah. people. But there's like literally science to back up meditation. Like there's plenty yeah. of scientific studies to show that meditation actually really works. And that's that's what got me into it. It was like you could no matter what you searched for anxiety and, and how to help it, it was just meditation. That was like the one thing that was proven more than anything else, even medications and, and different stuff, mm-hmm. it was scientifically proven that it helps. So I was like, all right, let me let me do this. I'm yeah. going to master meditation, <laughs> cure my anxiety, kick its butt. Yeah. doesn't really work that way, exactly. No. It's an it's ongoing that, process. Yeah, you have you to, have like, to keep kicking it. its butt. <laughs> yeah. So it's something you always have to work on. But yeah, for me, and it sounds like for you as well, yeah. meditation really helped. Yeah, um, I am I am not good at meditating. It is something that really takes a lot of work for me, but um it is something that I try. Yeah. I really got I I I fall in and out of it, which is definitely my fault, but it when I do when I am consistent with it, it helps so so much. Yeah. And there is no bad at meditation. There well That's one of the most I, important rules of meditation. I know, you can't but, be bad at it. <laughs> But it feels like I'm so bad at it. Like, it's like you just, you just said you did it for an hour, and I cannot imagine sitting there for an hour and doing it. I can, I could never get to 20 minutes. I was, I can sit for 10 minutes, and that's that's yeah. what I do. And it helps. I like when I do do it. It helps so so much. Yeah. But it's like I just need to, I need to keep practicing. It is a practice. You need to yeah. keep doing it, and it's you know. And, you know, if you're doing it for, uh, there was there was definitely times where I did it for an hour. You're not like completely present the whole time. Like, you know, I, I, I'm, I would say I'm really bad at it too because I get distracted so easily. You're supposed yeah. to focus on your breathing. 
and count your breaths. And there's different techniques that you can use for that to keep you focused. But Mm -hmm. I would constantly just catch myself drifting off into thinking about something else. But then you just go back to focusing on your breath. Yeah. And that's all it's about. There's no good or bad. It's just you're there. That's the whole purpose of it. You're you're retraining your brain. So when you do have these wandering thoughts, you're training it to stop doing that. Yeah. So that's, I totally agree. That is the purpose of it. I just, and I think I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get better. I'm going to try. I'm going to practice more. Yeah. Like there's no getting better. (laughs) It's just being, being, that's it. Existing. Yeah. Which is hard sometimes. (laughs) It is. It's very hard. So, um, that's another thing my therapist said to me before was we're human beings. Are you a human being or a human doing? And I'm always like so task driven, but sometimes you just need to be, yeah, not do anything, not have that pressure on you to always be productive. I think that's something else in our society of this like hustle culture of Mm -hmm. you always have to be grinding. You should have a side hustle, you know, kind of that Gary V mentality where you always got to be working and grinding and who's Gary V you don't know Gary Vaynerchuk no he's like the guy that yells on Instagram and stuff I don't know I'll have to look he's him up. like super maybe... super famous yeah he's got don't like, know probably like I don't know a lot of followers but he's like a business coach motivational sort of hybrid I don't I don't really know what he does but he makes videos about motivation and how you got to just keep grinding and you know Mm. hustle and I think that can be really toxic because you know you just feel like you're you're always chasing after this thing and it's like what what are you really chasing after at the end of it yeah sometimes you just need to you know prioritize taking a break and doing something that's more restorative to yourself yeah because eventually you'll, you'll just get worn out and that's when things like anxiety or depression or any of these mental health issues kind of show their show their face. Yeah, that's I I feel like that's so I don't know if that came out of millennials being we are in the millennial range. Yeah, but I don't know if that came out of the generation above us constantly said that millennials were like so lazy and they never wanted to work anything and they were just yeah. going to play video games for the rest of their lives. And then there was this switch where millennials like. Every single thing you do, you have to make money at it. Anything, you can't have hobbies, you have to turn it into a side hustle. Every single thing you have to do has to be like grinding and working and you got to wake up early and grind and grind till you go to sleep. Yeah. And I I guess that shift came because we were constantly being told that we were lace here. I don't know what it was, but that's so unhealthy to not make the time to, like you said, just be a human being. Yeah. Just be. Yeah. And- and spend that time doing things that are beneficial, whether it's spending time with, um, you know, a loved one or a family member and, and like cultivating your close relationships or spending time alone and journaling or meditating or doing yoga. Yeah. Doing whatever you do to recharge. And there's a lot of different things that can be considered mindfulness. So I think that's what meditation is, but, some people think, oh, I can never do that. I can never just sit there and focus on my breathing. Yeah. But there's a lot of other ways that you could do that. Like when I'm running, that makes me feel 
more mindful. Mm-hmm. It, it calms me down really well. So yeah. there's a lot of different ways that you can go about it and still work on mindfulness, work on that, you know, those relaxation techniques. It doesn't have to be just sitting there breathing and focusing on your breath. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways you can do it. That's true too. I, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, when I fish, when I go fishing, I yeah. like just the si- being in nature and being silent and still for a while. Yeah. So that's true. It doesn't, you don't have to be going on meditation retreats and being silent for a week. It can, it can look very different from person to person. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, fishing probably is very meditative because it seems so boring. You're just kind of like <laughs> sitting there waiting for most of the time. So yeah. that's the example that came to my head. Cause that's what my husband always says. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I it's would rather, yeah, yeah, it seems boring to me, but he loves it. Yeah. <laughs> so any other, any other tips for, for people that are going through it? Um, well, I think we've talked a lot about anxiety and like touched on depression, but there, another thing is there's like, that's just what we've personally yeah. had like firsthand experience with, but there's so many other ways that mental health can kind of touch people in different ways. Yeah. So while we are not experts, there are certainly like many different resources out there for people, um, to look into. And I, you know, there's so many different mental health issues. I we can't like go through them all. But I also think that yeah. they all kind of root in, like, I feel like anxiety is pretty... Yeah, I think that's probably... common. Yeah, one that everybody can kind of, in one sense or another, relate to yeah. in some way. Like, either, you know, maybe not full-blown panic attacks, but feeling that stress and worry kind of manifesting. Yeah. That's something that so many people can relate to. Mm-hmm. And the first step of just like talking about it can be really, really helpful to people. Yeah. You know, I think the more that you stuff it down, the more it's just going to come out in a bigger way later. Yeah. You're, you're kind of putting it away for now, but eventually it'll come out for me in panic attacks. And so just just yeah. being more open and aware of what's going on inside your brain and your thoughts and yeah. all that can be super helpful. And it can be so pervasive too. Like if you do just, it's not just you stuff it down until you like freak out and have a panic attack. It can, yeah. you can stuff it down and then you lash out at your partner yep. because you're overstimulated or something like it can really, or your kids or, yeah. or your boss or like it can really, it's, it, it really sh- touches, shows up in different yeah, ways. it really yeah. touches every aspect of your life. If you kind of ignore it, yep. it's going to show itself somehow. So it's so much better to just kind of handle it. You can only stuff it down for so long. It's going to come out in some way. It's not always, for me, it was panic attacks. For other people, it's, you know, anger or, you know, whatever. And it can really ruin relationships for, you know, if you don't handle it in the correct way. And other people cope with it, you know, not in a good way. We're not trying to cope with our mental health right now by by drinking. We're just having one cocktail. But some people go to addiction or... Yeah. All those kind of things, which is definitely not beneficial. So the earlier that you can be open about it and start talking about it, I think the better and the more just in general, our society can be open about it and accepting of it, the better. And it'll, it'll encourage more people to be aware of it and not feel ashamed to come out and say, I have anxiety or I'm depressed or or whatever, and I think it'll help a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. 
it needs to be talked about more. That's for sure. Definitely does. And I think in the trades is probably one of the last industries that like it'll be fully widespread accepted because it does have that kind of macho uh, persona to it. Yeah. But hopefully we we can kind of start start that conversation and start opening up some people's minds to mental health. And I mean, I guess yeah. maybe that's where we should leave it. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot for people to think about, you know, mostly yeah. you're not alone. If you're having these issues, it's very common. Yeah. Go to your doctor, see a therapist, try medication, try meditation, whatever. Yeah. Just try something and, you know, you're going to be in a better spot than you are right now. And know that it doesn't last forever. Yeah. Everything comes and goes. And you're definitely not alone. And yep. there are plenty of resources that will help you if you feel like you need some help. Yeah. So, well, this was a pretty heavy episode. Yeah. I think we can end it there. Next week, we are, uh, we haven't picked a topic for next week yet, but we're going to be getting into something very exciting for sure. It's not going to be about mental health. So it'll be a little bit more exciting, energetic, happy, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. But this was important. This, Yeah, I think, you know. It was important to touch on this. and Gotta have balance, and this was important. Yeah. So, till next time, this has been the Hardworking Happy Hour. See you next week.